Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. Uh, you can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto podcasters and Aussie as well. Today we're doing four ponies uh, for people, my patrons, and then people interested in it. I do want you guys, I don't pay well these ones. I don't pay well the four pony boys. Uh, but I do guys give you guys an option if you'd like to to ask questions to the guest or just, you know, say things. Uh, you can. I usually give out a little code. You can type it in the chat and I can look for it or you can do the reply in the patron. So, or Patreon. So, just letting you guys know there's that perk. Uh, but, you know, patreon.com is no way Jose 2020. My sponsor, I have uh, uh, Mikkel Thorpe of the Expat Money Show. If you want to get the hell out of Dodge, especially with the way things are going, you want to go to a different country, uh, he's your dude. Uh, go hit him up. He does it as a, he has a podcast and he also does it as a business. So, if you're really serious about it, you know, go find that business. Uh, yeah, with that, let's go ahead and start getting dudes in here. First, I have my artist extraordinaire, my Puerto Rican white supremacist right here. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me again. Hell yeah. I'm just going to keep on bringing you. I love having you. And here, oh, yeah. uh, the translucent man himself. I heard <laughs> I heard we're having two Mexicans on, so I came in as white as possible today. <laughs> Got to even it out. Contrast. <laughs> All right. And then, uh. Uh, Clint himself is is a second in into the introducing skills only to this man right here, Mister Chingo Bling, the fucking introducer extraordinaire. I'll let you do it. You can do your intro real quick. You fucking you have it nailed down. Y'all already know, boy. When it's the four pony boat choy show show choy, it's for Chingo Bling, the Versace mariachi, the tamale kingpin, the ghetto vaquero, el rey de four play, the masa messiah, and we coming in extra spicy. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I fucking told you, Clint. I told you this guy makes you look silly. <laughs> Dude, muy caliente. I, I, like I wasn't. I wasn't excited about the podcast until right now. God yeah. damn. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was one of those days for me where I'm like tired. And I'm like, uh, but yeah, that fucking woke me up every single time. I'm listening to uh, Red Pill Tamale. That shit. I'm like, woo. All right, I'm ready to go. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> uh, you want to let the people know who you are, what you're about, real quick? Because I know we're this kind of a new audience. Because I know you're more in the MAGA sphere. Uh, so, and, uh, we're kind of libertarian, right-leaning anarchist-ish. That's kind of the crowd we draw, you know, some degenerate people that, uh, like, you know, hardcore humor from our, our other podcasts. It's like a comedy podcast. I have some of those here as well, uh, which that's kind of your crowd as well. So, uh, but if you could introduce yourself to them, let them know who you are, what you're about real quick before we get into it. That'd be dope. Yeah. I can't wait to learn about what a, uh, the, the anarchy with the libertarian with a little bit of right wing, um, so, yeah, man, my name is Chingo Bling. I'm Mexican-American based out of Houston, Texas. I've been in show business, air quotes, for about 20 years doing music, albums, comedy rap, uh, parodies. I mean, just pivoting with the algorithm, trying to figure it all out. I've been around since the MySpace days, since before Facebook, and uh, just trying to be a living, breathing meme at all times. Um, but yeah, you know, family man. I, I got I got three daughters. I'm based out of Houston, um, and I I, I kind of caught a lot of people off guard about I guess it was the 2020 election. Um, you know, right after the summer of love, you know, because I was just kind of like, I guess quote unquote Democrat. I guess I guess liberal by default. I get it was just I was just told that those were the good guys. Those are the people that you know, kicked it with the artists and, you know, you know, those were, they weren't the stuffy, you know, George Bush war, warmonger people. It was more of the love and inclusivity and accept everybody. And, you know, I just kind of went along with that, but 
as I started realizing, like, man, the media is full of crap. They're hoaxing people left and right. Uh, opinions are getting assigned. People are getting persuaded to believe certain things. Um, you know, I guess kind of like PSYOP-ish. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a, a fan of Trump at all when he first hit the scene. I was like, I was like 90% of other Mexicans that are like, this dude is a TV reality show guy. Uh, just because he's in business doesn't mean he's going to know how to run a country. He called us rapists and Mexicans and the whole thing. And and I didn't really have time to focus on politics. He called I, so, some of you good people. but <laughs> <laughs> And some of you good people. Yeah. I, I presume many good people. <laughs> You know, some, not all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, little by little, man, I just started realizing, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I was so busy working during the Trump era. I mean, just in terms of like uh, selling tickets to the tour and everybody, you know, everybody was working. People were just buying up all the merch and everything seemed pretty smooth in terms of like the gas price. And, you know, we had baby formula. Uh, there wasn't necessarily World War Three about to happen, although although the media every day was like, "This guy's a dictator. What is he doing? This is a threat to our democracy." Yada yada, and obviously he's a um, he's an imperfect instrument. Um, you know, a lot of people think like, "Oh man, if if you support that guy, you must be racist or you must be in a cult and shit like that." I just felt like he was going to be way better than Brandon. I, I just knew that for a fact. Uh, you were so right. I, yeah, yeah, I called him. Go ahead. No, I just said you were right. right. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Trump, Trump is, a, is an imperfect tool. He's like a big retarded hammer, but I kind of prefer that to like a, just a big retard. Yeah, it, it was definitely the lesser two evils for sure. Um, but yeah, I caught a lot of people off guard and a lot of people got triggered because they're like, yo, you did it one you know, you used to sell these F Donald Trump shirts and koozies and you're just grifting and uh, they brainwashed you. You're QAnon, Gayanon. Um, you know, I, I caught all the, the flag. I didn't apologize not once. I didn't bend. I didn't I didn't walk it back. Uh, none of that stuff. So, but yeah, really, man, I'm a stand up comedian. I, I'm a podcaster, uh, just, you know, professional shit talker. Um, every once in a while, I'll still get back in the studio, but, uh, but you know, I'm 43 now, man. You know, I can't be in the lab all night cooking up. <laughs> trying, to, trying to chill in that podcast game. Just you knock know, out a few hours every week. <laughs> as a, as a stand-up comedian, you had to have like the, the whole Trump thing had to have pushed you maybe even closer towards Trump because it seemed to me as a, I'm a huge fan of stand-up, stand-up comedy, but like the funny shit is, uh, well, the, the really not funny shit is people that are just playing to the tropes of Trump this, orange man that. And I know that I would like, my hipster side would just be like, I would have to distance myself from that and then really look at the other side. Did that affect you at all? So so you're saying that the the common take is to... Uh, the late night, yeah, late oh. night TV host, host shit. But then you'll see open micers do it. You'll see even like high level comedians and it's just kind of cliche you know it's not there's nothing original there so it, for me i don't laugh at it you know yeah, it's it's almost like low-hanging fruit like hey what's up with that crazy orange guy um and it's definitely polarizing because a lot of people you know 
do support him and they do got his back. So it, it, it can go either way, man. Like it's this. This is what trips me out. Back in the day, nobody would really judge you or care or make that big of a deal if you happen to vote differently or if you support a particular candidate. But for some reason, Trump, it was almost like the media, the deep state, the powers that be, whoever, whoever they is, they sure did ramp it up to be like threat to our democracy. You know, this guy, what's going to happen? We're the laughing stock. Like every day they just drilled it. So now we're at the point where if you're Republican and or conservative or anything like that in public, like you have a a Trump sign on your lawn or anything, like you're you're definitely asking for just a bunch of like a bunch of drama. <laughs> well, not where I live, man. I, I moved out to Florida. I used to be from Coney Island in Brooklyn. And uh, that's for sure the case there. You wear any kind of red hat, you might just get punched in the back of the head. But I'm in like rural Florida. So all of my neighbors, I don't have a Trump sign up, but all my neighbors do. And I feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> rural life's where it's at, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you get away from all that gay shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I guess you, you just brought up the uh, international cabal, they. Uh, so let's talk about Yay uh-huh. and his thoughts on the matter. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to bring this up real quick because uh, it's an amazing video. No, I regret saying death gone free on Jewish I, people. Are you sorry you said that? No. Don't think it matters. You should be. Absolutely not. You should be. Absolutely not. Yeah, but yeah, you should be. Absolutely not. When you insult the Jewish people and say you're going death gone free on the Jewish people, that is as racist as anything you say you've been through and any pain that you've experienced. It's the same thing. Racism is racism. And you know that, I think, don't you? Yeah, obviously, that's why I said it. So you said it knowing it's racist? Yes, I fought fire with fire. Okay. I'm not here to get hosed down. At least- <laughs> if he would have ended it with just yes, it would have just been perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, regardless yeah. how you feel about that, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, if you can't laugh at that, I don't tell you. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe he's not saying the right things, but the commitment to the bit is... Or, or whether obviously I think it's probably more real in his case. It is hilarious. Uh, it's the same effect you talked about not apologizing to the mob. Uh, I mean, don't be wrong. There are probably times to apologize, but uh, in cases like this, I actually lean with no. Uh, you're almost better off doubling down. That was kind of what Trump did a lot. Uh, Ace Chingo, you're kind of talking about you kind of have caught this flack in the past. I, I mean, you said you'd never apologize for shit. Uh, I guess also you had, didn't really have anything to apologize for. I mean, I guess maybe you can make a KCA does, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I want to hear about that real quick, and then uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit about uh, the the big question with the yay stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, man, he um, he went DefCon three. And, <laughs> I mean, he, he culture, and one thing that that um, that I found interesting was like the struggle session that they were putting him through. Uh, they were like, we're here on High 97, Peter Rosenberg and, you know, Laura Stiles, where hip hop lives. And they were, they had uh, Nori, the guy, uh, you know, he's a, obviously a rapper. He has that show, Drink Champs. And they're like, don't you regret giving Kanye a platform? Like, why did you upload this? Like, this should have been canned and you should know better. And are you sorry? And it was just like a struggle session where they put people through so much pressure to where they're just like 
uh, you know, hey, dude, my bad. And now it ends up looking like you're apologizing and reaffirming what they're accusing you of. Like, this is hate speech and this is this. And, you know, I, I you know, I don't know, dude. Did you, are you influenced by Jordan Peterson in any way? Because you did say uh, never apologize to the mob. That's that's one of his things. That's why I named my shit uh, Top Lobster before he kind of got a little weird. Yes. First chapter oh. of his book. Oh, yeah. OK. Uh, I now OK, I get it now. Um, you said he got weird lately, though. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, he's, he lost me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, he lost me. He lost me a little bit before that because never apologize to the mob is one of my biggest things. Like in Tower Power Hour, it's us and two or three other retarded people, and we we just say the most wild shit. We're always we're we're reaching to offend because we don't care. We want to siphon out our audience so that we have the people we want to talk to. But uh. Yeah, never apologize to mob was big for me. And when uh, Jordan Peterson, at one point, he told the right wing, he was like, "Hey, we should rescind uh, Kavanaugh." That was like back a couple years ago when we were trying to get Kavanaugh, or we they were trying to get Kavanaugh elected to the Supreme Supreme Court. And he said, "Well, Kavanaugh's causing a little too many waves right now, even though they were blatant lies." They said he was a rapist, or you remember that whole thing, right? What was the deal? Like he had raped chicks in college it was yeah, just bullshit crazy college bullshit was like he had a, really he had a calendar where, yeah. where where he drank beers i mean it was just yeah. absolutely criminal to do that in college yeah. he did yeah, what but, you do in college you rape women i mean <laughs> <laughs> like, his life. No, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> but, but jordan jordan peterson's take at the time was uh hey let's let's uh uh assuage the feelings of the left because the right might be winning too much here and we don't want to have too much civil strife and i was just like in my head, I was like, you're the guy who said never apologize to the mob. And this to me is apologizing. I'm not I'm just not a fan of that. I think even worse was when he said uh, like some to the effect of like, just get the damn jab or I got the jab. So you guys yes. leave me alone. It's like I mean, he's just the, the weird thing about Peterson is that he's a wealth of historical knowledge and particularly in the Marxist realm. So but he hasn't extrapolated the historical lessons that he teaches into the present moment in an in a adequate fashion in my opinion like he doesn't realize what time it is it, i think he's like he thinks we're like close to that but we're not there and i think the rest of us are like yeah we're there brother yeah i'm a big fan of like uh uh hear the lamentations of their woman and and woman and 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 send them screaming like when your enemy is is on its knees don't don't show them mercy like these people that are doing uh that was a mike dragons, tyson quote right <laughs> i think it's conan the barbarian but like you know like when, when the left is is uh sexualizing children i have no there's no pity in my heart to to show them any mercy when when you have the upper hand so that's I'll where he, that's where he loves me. me yeah i think what you're trying to say is i'll fuck you till you love me you faggot um <laughs> and i want to eat his children all praise be to allah is that what you're going for this, the second one <laughs> the second one was it <laughs> I love Mike Tyson. Anyways, yeah, Dude, that's, that's what. Yeah, that's what he lost me. Yeah, I'll fuck you till you love me. That is probably the, my favorite fucking shit talking line ever. <laughs> it's the most unhinged shit, but it's fucking awesome. He had just got out of prison, and he's like, "I'll fuck you till you love me." And then he calls him a faggot for it, which is just like it's such a mind fuck. It's, it's like such maybe. a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a genius of it. That's uh, what what really gets me the, the mind fuck aspect of it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about what Ye is talking about in general. Uh, let's be real. Israel, the Jews, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I mean, 
I, I prefer, I mean, obviously, I mean, we already talked about this a lot on our episode yesterday in Tower Power Hour, but that's more comedy. So we're kind of like joking. We'll, we'll be a little bit more serious here. Uh, if you're going to watch a comedy podcast for news or takes, you're going to have to parse out what's real and what's us just being, being idiots trying to make each other laugh. Uh, but like, all right, we'll be a little more serious here. Like in reality, if in my opinion, the issue is Zionism and Israel, not the Jews. Uh, although I can see why people would make that conclusion. Uh, when you do see a bunch of Jews in higher echelons of power. Uh, but uh, I, I'm kind of curious, Jingo. I don't think I've heard you talk much on the subject. Uh, probably because you value your life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> your career. Uh, but you're on a little show right now. You probably can get away with it. Uh, you know, whatever. You can say I was just kidding or drunk later. Uh. <laughs> just We just uploaded, uh, like, the whole Yay cast. Uh, we did shit uh, i think we did like a whole episode on it i think it went up today but um there was some interesting points for example when when kanye pointed out when he's like why isn't you know i'm a i'm a kill this and i'm a fob i'm a kill this and i'm a fob he's like why is that allowed and all over apple music spotify why does that have a concerted effort you know, a, a, a healthy budget, a marketing budget. Uh, there's a, a there's been a steady push for decades. Um, not so much in the conscious rap. Maybe maybe the argument is like, well, it doesn't sell as much. But like all the gang banging, violent, you know, all that. Like I'm, you know, the ops and you're my enemy. All that stuff gets a big push. And it, it's not um it's not a secret that a lot of Jewish folk happen to be like at high positions at all the music labels like i've done a ton of business you know hey shout out to todd moskowitz and leor cohen and you know just making I, names up right now <laughs> <laughs> just fuck with you go on rosenbergo uh, <laughs> but yeah i i found it very interesting also the way kanye was like hey i was in the hot seat for wearing the white lives matter shirt and and the narrative in the media was Kanye hates black people. He said, so instead, instead of going back and forth saying like, you know, stuff about the White Lives Matter shirt specifically, he's like, okay, well, F the Jewish media for creating this false narrative. So it was like this like chess game of like, what? We didn't expect you to wow. call out specifically. Obviously, like, like Trump for the longest has been saying like the mainstream media and like the liberal mainstream media, the fake news or whatever. And it's like, Oh snap. How many are those, you know, the same folks that Kanye's talking about? I mean, you Univision, look at Univision. That's on, it happens to be a Jewish gentleman that owns you Univision. And I think that meme page of uh, fools gone wild. I think that one had, I'm not hundred percent sure. I heard it's like Jewish owned as well. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's the whole subject is interesting because like anti-Semitism, it's like it's like it's racism, but a specific kind that gets its own name, you yeah. know. And and all the comments every time Kanye, uh, all the comments on YouTube, it's always like, well, they're proving him right every time. Like HBO won't won't upload the the LeBron the Shop episode and. Every time he just gets deep platform and deep platform, and they're just like, he's off his meds, he's off his meds. It just kind of shows that there's like this concerted effort to to discredit him. 
Yeah, it's the really, he says the Jews will cancel me if I speak up about it. He speaks up and then the Jews cancel him. <laughs> it's, like, it's red meat for conspiracy theorists for sure. I know like most of the conspiracy theories I believe in is <laughs> like reinforced whenever shit like this happens. So, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna pivot this kind of um and just talk about something I've been wanting to talk about for a while and I haven't is that I think a lot of people kind of we accept the fact that people who have been treated in racist fashions are going to take on some racist views to the world like black community for instance they're fucking racist as hell and and we all just kind of go like well so there them. was there was you slavery earned, so <laughs> yeah like i get it i mean jim crow was not that long ago like i understand i can i can see why but then now we're on this flip side we're like the only overt racism that's allowed is towards white people and and the natural instinct is going to be for the white community to start to become racist because they're getting tired of being treated like shit because of their skin color and and it's just this vicious cycle that that perpetuates itself and, I, and i'm so i'm so sad to see it kind of like i mean obviously i'm sad because i'm white and i'm on the fucking <laughs> the, the bottom end of the rung on this one but i'm also just sad because i felt as if we had gotten to a point where we were treating each other in a more equitable fashion and kind of joking about each other's differences as, as opposed to letting our differences divide one another. And, and it seems as if we're, we're now fucking miles away from what I viewed as like as close to kind of a, an equitable treatment, setting the police aside, which are always fucking minorities up. But in terms of like, just my community, it was like 20 years ago. It was so, like race relations were so much better. Yeah. Late nineties, early thousands. Yeah. That shit was gold spot. Yeah. And, and now we're just like fucking right off the cliff again. And it just, yeah makes me sad we're in dangerous territory because like when black people are are uh discriminated against they maybe maybe they'll like loot and violence <laughs> apparently when jewish people are discriminated against they just they take over every business but when white people are discriminated loot against, and violence at a higher level <laughs> yeah <laughs> white people organize and they start doing like concentration camps which uh, is not, <laughs> i'm not looking forward to <laughs> Just it's okay, dude. People. You're, just you're one of the good ones. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure you get your own. I'll, <laughs> that, get, I'll get you a top bunk. That's the only reason <laughs> Top is like a, a Puerto Rican white supremacist. You're just trying to stay in the winning side. <laughs> I'm like Chingo Bling, man. I see which way the wind's blowing, so I'm I'm picking my team, bro. <laughs> right. Like on any given day, Top's either Italian or he's Dominican. It doesn't, you know. <laughs> Luckily, though, we have this unifying thing right now of anti-Semitism. We're like the blacks are like coming on. You know, what I'm but uh, the, 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 there is something funny to that though. Like like all my black friends, like if you gain a report with them you just let them talk about racist shit it's the most hilarious shit ever you're like wow uh okay uh it's refreshing did y'all did you guys see uh trump uh his twin has tweet his his telegram he was actually talking about uh like leftist jews in america yeah he said that they, they weren't appreciative enough of what he had done for them yeah and it's 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 a kanye reaction right after kanye tweeted that stuff then uh trump comes out and he's he's talking about it so i'm like it's it, he, kanye is is moving the overton window again or like making he's just breaking barriers like he always does which is very interesting he's been doing it for fucking 25 years it's it's absolutely yes. incredible the the longevity of his ability to mold culture and to shift the overton window and to break barriers is like i mean i i think aside from the fact that i love his music or at least i used to i don't really love the christian shit because i just don't vibe with it but oh um, man that's that's the best shit bro 
Yeah, I know, of course. I like it, and I'm not even Christian. I'm just kind of like, all right, I can do it. No, I mean, he's got some bangers, but I'm just saying, like, his old CDs, you could listen front to back and be like, banger, 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 banger. And now it's just like, all right, you got one per album that you're like, okay, I can I can rock with that. Like, throw it on on Sunday, get high as fuck, and just be like, I can feel God in my soul, brother. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I just, I'm really grateful for Kanye. Like, not even because he's saying the shit that he's saying about the Jewish community. Cause I, I don't actually agree with it, but um, <laughs> I just love, I just love it when anyone's like a fucking loose cannon, you know, like I, I think that's why a lot of people like Trump. It was just like, it was breaking, breaking the, uh, I don't know, like whatever, whatever you're allowed to do. He, they're, they're just both like fucking wrecking balls in civilization. And when civilization sucks, I like, I like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. His, go ahead. Chingo, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say that uh, you're absolutely right. Clint, the white lives matter. It just brought out all the racists out of the from under the you know every rock. They're just like, you're not allowed to wear that. Um, <laughs> we we had a family gathering recently, and um, I'm not gonna say. Let me see. It's someone in my family who's uh, way younger than me, and I uh, went to college and all that. And they felt that like white people are not getting hated on. Like they do have it. They they are opinion nobody's picking on them like it's all a conspiracy like where are you getting this stuff from uncle and and i was like just the fact that people are having a cow over white lives matter i was like that that right there shows you like where we where we're at (laughs) what part of the movie you're in i was like i was like when they said that you're you can't be racist against white people because that's just not how it works because inherently in the power structure and all this crap I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's already, I was like, they're getting hated on. I was like, I'm glad I'm not a white dude. I don't have that, that burden of having to like apologize or walk on eggshells or being blamed for everything. And um, there's a really funny comedian, Akash Singh. He, uh, he rose with Andrew Schultz. He has a special on YouTube called uh, Bring Back Apu. And he has a joke where he pretty much says like, you know, what, 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 white people, what's one thing white people aren't allowed to have? He's like, an opinion. <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a masterful joke, but, you know, it takes a standard comedian and, and free speech, what's left of it in America and Kanye West for, for people to have this discussion as to like, what's so wrong about <laughs> saying all lives matter? Who's, who's egging us on? Like, who is it? Is it George Soros? Is it the media? Like, who's, trying to egg us on to keep us divided to say no you're not allowed to have that you're not allowed to give that person a platform you're not allowed to make that kind of joke that's punching down all this crap and uh yeah, needless- told you who needless to say it, it got a little awkward at the family gathering because you know i, I had to go ultra mega on him real quick <laughs> <laughs> his eyes turned red you're like yo <laughs> Now, listen, show him there's a there's like a YouTube compilation of CNN and there's some articles, too, where they're talking about white replacement, talking about the population. And it's if even if it's a statistical fact, when Don Lemon is talking about it, and I think there's another dude on there, they just sound giddy. They're like, yo, by 2040, there's going to be no white people and it's going to be great to me. That's a little strange. Like it's not if it's a fact okay but if you're like celebrating it you're like yes like we got to hurry this up like okay now we're bordering on uh what's that called <laughs> gaslighting no no when you're like want to exterminate an entire race oh genocide yeah, yeah. uh i mean that's that's what, uh, but then uh, well, what's really one, a, yeah that's fine well what's even more offensive to me is like 
the they then turn around and they say that the white replacement theory or the great replacement theory is a conspiracy theory. It's and on it's your like, show. It's you like motherfuckers you're saying it. The first time I heard about it was from y'all motherfuckers. Like you guys are the ones that were bringing it up, and you're not just bringing it up to like inform your audience. You're like, yo, we're about to be the fucking majority in this bitch, and like, hooray! Yeah. It, it sounds like the, it sounds like eugenics. Yeah, the funny oh, thing is, go. I feel like their great replacement theory shit is actually kind of weirdly backfiring, although it takes a little while, because, I mean, shit, we got, what, two brown guys here that used to fucking be, like, a little bit more on the left, and they're base as fuck now. They're bar- more base than we are, me, me and Clint, and yeah, th- this is, like, a me. going trend I'm seeing, especially among Hispanics. I don't know what it is, especially, I guess it's because they come from, like, they typically come from, you know, hardworking areas, and yeah, you may have that first generation that's kind of buys into the bullshit they're being fed here but it seems to be within a couple generations they seem to whiplash right back into being like based as fuck like conservative libertarian whatever you want to call it that, that's and standard like, with all yeah. immigrants actually yeah it, it what, what's weird is that it's i feel like the jewish community is the one that like just stays hard left which which kind of tells you something actually if you want to go down that path um <laughs> That, that I because, love how you tiptoe around this the most, but then you say the most like controversial shit. Well, because I, I, I have no choice but to be honest when I when I notice something. Yeah. But it is interesting that like third, fourth, fifth generation Jews, they still stay hard, hard, hard Democrat and like the hardest version of Democrat. And and I think that there's something to that because the the not just the Democrat establishment, but the media establishment really runs cover for their community. Like they can do no wrong. You say anything about any single one of them and it's automatically... Uh, an attack on all of them. I mean, it's a very, it's a very collectivist mindset, yeah. and and one that I feel is kind of anathema to the American ideal of individualism. And that's why, um, you know, even though I like individual Jews tremendously, I love many of them. I, I do understand why there there has become this kind of like, well, if I'm not allowed to talk about it, then maybe there's something to this, and I'm gonna yeah. fucking now I'm gonna go extra hard in the paint and i'm gonna start wearing shirts like what's also crazy is the black lives matter thing the the whole reason they they named it that in the first place is because they wanted to to you know kind of be a little bit controversial they wanted to draw attention to their cause well kanye west is doing the exact same thing to you motherfuckers and you're falling for it you know like that's the he's playing the exact same game he's he's not even like up there to say that white lives matter he's just like the whole reason i wore it is because it's obvious like he's it's obvious that white lives matter so to me Black lives mattering is also obvious and all lives matter is also obvious. And, and I feel like all of this is just kind of, uh, unintentional, no intentionally divisive. And I don't know why it's occurring other than, you know, getting to some real conspiracy shit. Yeah. Uh, Chingo, they, so they touched, it sort of touched on like the Spanish community being base as fuck. But in, in my experience has been a mixed bag because like, like how Clint sort of saying about the Jewish community, I guess, uh, the mainstream media and that like left narrative really does uh, placate the Spanish community in a lot of different ways, like whatever Joe Biden is saying or benefits or whatever. So a lot of my family is still fooled. They just look at it at surface level and they're still fooled by it. So they just believe hook, line and sinker, a lot of them, what uh, the media is telling them. And then the ones that are right, they're hard right. You know, the ones that woke up, they're up. But it, I'd say like 80 percent are. Well, what do you think? I think they probably haven't heard the the line when Jill Biden talked about how great their breakfast tacos are. I mean, that was <laughs> that's really Not, reaching across the aisle. Yeah, I, I identify as a chimichanga. My damn Chimichangas <laughs> are the best best Mexican dish. I'll say that. Go <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, what's happening in Texas is you have a lot of folks from the Rio Grande Valley that are making that shift, and from what I could tell. It, 
it's like a um it's kind of like a combination of things right you have some people that they might get their info from podcasts uh some people are are going down different rabbit holes online or whatever but in general overall they're seeing a lot of like the perverse stuff that's really radical that's getting pushed uh, into the schools and stuff from the left the open borders you know folks down there like bro they're just running through and just you know taking over and you know they're not liking it um tens of then, thousands per month dude it's it's wild yeah then you you know the gotaways numbers and the fentanyl and the jihadists and everything else the crazy thing is you go into these like really rich um shit dude what do you call these i'm trying to think how to describe these neighborhoods in houston but like just those zip codes where it's like it's happening it's like super gentrified or uh the best schools or just like all the good retail and the food and all that like those popping spots with like the really nice houses you see democrat signs Bethel o'rourke um you see all that stuff and of course the houses that don't have anything are the closet conservatives that like don't want their Republican, their Greg Abbott sign, or 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 the uh, the lady Alexandra Miller, who's uh, running for Harris County judge. She's going up against this one lady named Alina Hidalgo, who was all about the lockdowns, all about defunding police. Uh, when Omicron first happened, she is like a little operative, and she basically did like her national news media Zoom tour. Basically saying we have the first Omicron death in Harris County. We have the fo- the first Omicron death, and they were patching her in to Bay Area first Omicron death, Harris County, Houston, Texas. We have Lena Hidalgo. Anyway, the crime is so bad. It we're like past Chicago right now with um, a lot of this violent crime, and uh, so that's the shift that I'm seeing. Right, some people are. Um, are just, you know, slowly waking up. They're not really believing what Jorge Ramos and Univision have to say all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and before I forget, Lobster, you mentioned when when late night people or, or CNN, when they talk about the demographic shift and the, the replacement thing, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel or, one of, or Fallon who, like, you know, read it off the note card at the desk, like, oh, and it says here that... Uh, in about 16 years or whatever, white white Americans are going to be the minority or something like that. The whole crowd cheers. Just all like, white people. All white people in the uh, crowd. Yeah. Is this a fucking amazing, huh? It's, What's going on? Uh, Clint, why are people so cucked out? Yeah, dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> Real I, quick, Clint, I, I'll give you a layup here and maybe, maybe you have a better point. I know you probably can spell it off better than any of us. You give Dave Smith's theory on why all this race shit started like popping off so hard recently. Because yeah, he's Chingo, probably one know, of the best people who puts it put, puts it out well. And I know you probably could could uh, 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 elocute that better than any of us. So yeah, sure. You know, uh, you know Dave Smith, Chingo? Yeah, yeah. I, I follow him on Twitter, and um, oh yeah, I've, I've listened to uh, most of his episodes with like Rogan and stuff. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So you kind of know where he's coming from. I mean, he's basically like a i'm like a clone of him or he's a clone of me but um he's yeah, why I, we're all here right now <laughs> yeah no it's that's also true um yeah dave's well, you brought I, me here dave's the fucking man i have i have two angles i can take on this uh I, one that let me answer first the reason i think that that so many white people are are doing this first off the the majority of white people go to college 
And once you come out of 12 years of public school and then you go to four years of academia, uh, you come out being programmed to be not just a Marxist, but a self-hating white person. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just the truth of it. Uh, I think also there is this tendency amongst people when they, uh, cowards in particular, when they realize that the the winds they are a changing, they they decide that they're gonna try and get out of the way, and I feel like that's what a lot of these people are doing. Like they like I I bet in private many of them probably don't really like listening to people just talk shit about white people, but then like publicly you know they'll cheer and they'll clap and they'll do the whole thing because they're just like they're kind of like Uncle Tom's of white people almost. Um, <laughs> Like I'm just being real. Like I fucking despise these people. Like they're the only people that make me like racist towards white people are the people that hate white people, even though they're white. Like those people are fucking scum. Anyway, like, I'm, I'm not right. saying you need to be team white if you're white, but don't be anti-white if you're white. Well, exactly. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like super pro my skin color either, but to like hate my skin color is fucking lunacy. Um. So so the reason that the the wokeness really seems to have taken over, and I, I'm not going to go into the ESG realm because that gets way too wonky, but um, it does seem as if because of the Occupy Wall Street movement in the 2008 to 2012 period. Uh, where it looked as if the left, the populist left in particular, was really rising up in a meaningful fashion that was actually threatening the banks in particular. And then all of, all of a sudden, the banks, ran by bankers, uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> they turn around and they start to push this ESG shit, which is like social justice. And they say, hey, don't worry about us, the people that have all the money, all of you fucking Marxists that want to tear our heads off. We're going to now push your agenda, which is going to be social justice and making sure that we have hiring quotas and yada, yada, yada. And then 12 years later, we're so far down this path that it's like it's just kind of irrecoverable at this point. Like, I, I just don't I don't I think it's going to end in, in, in some version of a, of a real hot conflict between some group of people, whether it be the people in the government or a race war or some shit. And it's just it's awful. You know, it's awful because it was all preventable. In my if opinion. you if you want to check like hard statistics on that, uh, you can Google every time uh, a major mainstream media publication had published the word like racist or white supremacist and 2012 almost non-existent. And then, bam, Occupy Wall Street, like just straight up. So that's like hard proof. This is what they were doing. And it worked like a fucking charm. Yeah, and, it was the, the whole thing being like you you fucking you one percent or point one percent are fucking us over and then the left and the right started to come together and then fucking yeah. that's they when they're the like, Oh shit, let's focus on race shit now. Like and, and you guys let me, us, right? Let me add another like this is not empirical evidence, but it's just an interesting note. Did you guys hear about that NYU professor? He was like a biochemistry professor, some shit very highly acclaimed, had like taught at Yale and he uh, he was there was a petition from his students that got him fired from his job because his class was too hard. <laughs> and then when he was interviewed about it, this was just this past week when he was interviewed about it. He said, look, I haven't gotten harder. These kids have gotten less capable. And he's like, this is a systemic problem. These kids are not being prepared in you know K through 12 to be ready for college. And these are like people that are meeting the criteria to get into NYU, which is a hard school to get into, allegedly. Right. And, and I think, and he even said, it's like, since 2012, it was like a fucking light switch. Like every single person since 2012 has been dumber and dumber and dumber progressively year after year. And, uh, I don't think it's an accident, man. I really don't. Yeah. I, I got some anecdotal evidence for that. I mean, I, I never told the story to you guys, uh, but when I was living in New York, uh, my college degree is fire protection and management, even though right now I'm a graphic designer and I drive trucks and shit. But, uh, 
I was all set up to get into the fire department. I passed the test with the 98, the NYC, you know, and there's like 70,000 people at the time through the test. So it was like really stiff competition. Um, I was in incredible shape, passed the physical, ready to go in. And they threw out that year's test. I was like 2012 test. They threw it out because they said it was racist against uh, the blacks and Hispanics. And I'm like, I'm Hispanic. I got a 98 <laughs> on it. And their, their reasoning well, clearly was white because of that. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> so their reasoning was, well, uh, some of the questions were tricky and like they favored white people more. So they were starting this shit back then. And that I think that started my turn because yeah, I was dude. like, I wasn't liberal. But if you're Spanish from uh, the inner city, you're default liberal, right? Like your dad's yeah. liberal, your mom's liberal. They don't even really know. And after that, I was like, hold on a second. Something's wrong here. Let me start looking around. Next yeah. year, the fucking questions are like, what's the expected profit off some mid a mids dime bag? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you have 10 mixtapes and you're in New York City, Times Square, <laughs> how many can you move in an hour and a half? And it, can you still buy lunch at the bodega or no? Say no yeah. more. Say no more, homeboy. <laughs> uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for real though, I think if you Clint is a dude for ESG, he's been on a Triple E show before to cover that. Uh, so yeah, I definitely between you, you got uh, I know Tommy Salmons covers a lot, and then uh, who's the other big guy? James Lindsay, I think, is a big yeah. ESG guys. Lindsay, yeah, he, uh, No Agenda, uh, uh, God, Adam, Adam Curry, Adam they've Curry. done great coverage on it, and then uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is like the he's the entrepreneur activist against this shit. So. There's a few Corbett. of us, and Glenn Beck's on it now too. Thank, thankfully, uh, Corbett, right? Yeah, James Corbett too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you've gone down that ESG hole yet, Jinko. That shit's a uh, that really makes you realize, like, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. It's kind of like social credit score on a corporate level. Bingo! You nailed yeah. it, dude. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like in six words. That's the best way to put it. Uh, and if you if you're at a, at all opposed to the CCP, you know, Chinese Communist Party, and you don't like social credit scores or the ideas of it, which is completely, you know, the inverse of anything any American should potentially want. Um, then you should automatically oppose ESG. And and I'm I'm grateful that you know there's now just to give some good news because I always bring up the bad aspects of ESG. Some really good news: the ten or twelve, I think it was, um, Republican governors or like the state treasury heads banded together, and they're fucking kicking out. Any any uh, money manager that is operating under ESG guidance, and it's like that's big money, dude. Like that can actually fucking change shit because those dudes run the pensions for the state uh, employees. We're talking, you know, billions and billions of dollars. So I don't know. I'm not without hope, but it's like, man, we're so far behind the eight ball because this shit's been running for like hard, hard for ten years, but it's been running, you know, even longer than that. So yeah, that's one of the few benefits I think stuff like that of having Biden because. Uh, like, uh, I don't get me wrong, Biden sucks, but I think as a result, what it causes, especially a lot of the red states to be like, kind of pull, you know, it's kind of the same idea of what like Cali did with like the weed shit to start it all off to be like, yeah, I know yeah. this is federal law, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, so like, I mean, I guess it's not the same thing with ESG, but it's kind of the same rough concept where a lot of like the right wing state, the red states are just backing off and be like, well, y'all can do your own thing, but I'm going to do my thing. So no, you're, like, you're absolutely right. Dude. <laughs> if, if, if Trump was still president. I don't think that these red state governors would be nearly as good as they've been. Um, so yeah. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know. But the, the only catch of that is whether we end up in nuclear war or not. So it's like, cause there is something to having a shitty executive. If you're like on the opposite side, I like this will kind of make your, your side a little bit better. But uh, if we all die, that kind of mixes it out. Uh, well, 
(laughs) Uh, Kind of. Yeah. Uh, What what are your thoughts on this whole like Ukraine Russia thing, Chingo? Uh, Where where do you think this is going? Uh, You team Russia, team Ukraine, or you know? uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're not even really one or the other. But (laughs) yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm no geopolitical expert, but every time I look up, we're sending billions and billions and billions, and it's like to the tune of just. Like just enough to make up for what the uh, military industrial complex is losing by not being in Afghanistan any further. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's it's such a wild coincidence that like 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 Brandon and all these other people probably from both parties, they got nephews, sons and nieces and daughters and whoever else all entrenched in one of the most corrupt countries in the world where all the media used to always mention how like, Oh, Zelensky's flaws, and they've got this Azov battalion. They've got Nazis over there, and and it, it's it, you know it used to be a part of Russia. I mean, uh, USSR and their neighbors, and there's the Russian-speaking portion, and it was a small incursion and whatever. And it's like, you know, what a coincidence, man, that that you know Biden had all these dealings, and and not to mention that, you know, what's going to happen when the CCP wants to move on Taiwan? You know, it's like it's like our military is getting woke. They're forcing these soldiers to get jabbed. Uh, You got General Milley and Austin and these people. They're more worried about white rage and and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of scary because it kind of makes you think about like like all this time I've been worried about the CCP or or whoever. And it's like, bro, it's our own. It's our own good damn government. (laughs) That's Ron that's, Paul that's, stuff right there. I was gonna say that's when you become a libertarian, right there, brother. Uh, yeah, and I might be, I might be team libertarian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good pivot to kind of get in that talk. Kind of want to hear where your political philosophy is at, and then we'll kind of talk about because you're kind of curious what all this anarchist, libertarian, like kind of right wingish. Although, I mean, some of us may define us as libertarian or, or, or right wing, and some might. I mean, it's really the whole right or left is really there's so many different like uh, axes you can you know determine that on, but. I'd say, generally speaking, culturally, we're, we're pretty much all right wing here. Uh, so I, I kind of want to hear where you're coming from, because that'll be a fun fun little topic for all of us, because uh, I know you're not as familiar with this circle and kind of where we're coming from. And uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Just I mean, I try to stay as flexible and, and open minded as possible and not not try to like mar- be too married to any particular ideology or whatever. But what makes sense to me at the moment is like starting to prioritize America first. Like if we can, let's bring back some manufacturing. Let's really worry about our our own, our veterans, our needs. Stop sending money all over the world, uh, you know, trying to like start shit all over the world. Um, So I guess you could say I'm like economic nationalist, center right populist you know i'll give you some word salad mumbo jumbo (laughs) but all in all bro the way i kind of see it is like you know i'm very upset with like the educational system all the woke stuff uh the economy um believe it or not but like hey mexican american is is like once a tight border i never was open i was so i was so tied into my um to my what's the word it's almost like when you're Chingo Bling, Mr. They Can't Deport Us All, and you're first generation, and, and it's almost like you you have this burden with this identity 
you know what I mean? There's this burden to like always try to be like the justice and defend and hey, you don't you don't put kids in cages, sir. You know, uh, you know. But now I, I feel so free from any of that because I'm able to just kind of focus more on what's really going on. But that that's pretty much it, right there, man. I just I'm just tired of all this weird shit coming out the left and all the hypocrisy and and the fucking crime <laughs> and the fucked up economy. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I feel I think, you. I, oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, no, because I, you know, I, I guess the guys here would know that I'd be like, when we're talking about immigration, I, I would tell you, America's full, right? Like <laughs> we got a lot of problems here, and especially like you know, being Hispanic, I do know a lot of people who do, who who are illegal. But recently, I one of my one of my good friends that I know, their cousin came over, and what she went through to get to get into this country from Cuba, from a place that like, you know, communism, something that I completely hate. What she had to go through to get here, I was like, this is just fucking terrible. I mean, like she was in a car accident, a nine month old baby died. This is like, yeah, it's crazy shit. And I'm like, man, you know, I just, I don't know what the right answer is. We can't let people come in unfettered, obviously, but we also like just having them like, like we're creating an, an economic situation around the world, the United States with the Federal Reserve, that is destabilizing everybody. And besides their own government doing the, doing shit to them, we're a big part of it. So I'm like, there is like, a, I have a new soft spot in my heart for like, something needs to happen. I'm just not sure which. But like, the libertarian answer is, uh, the like the Spike Cohen answer would be open borders, but uh, you can't have a welfare state. You can't incentivize people. To come here you know like those two things don't work i just don't know where i stand anymore i'm not i'm def i don't know i think america's fucked up but man yeah there is something there is something just that doesn't sit right with me that people are really they're trying to get here they're escaping something terrible and now i see what they went through i'm like i don't i just don't know man it's it's fucked up so, so after I you called after you called ins you gave her a big hug yeah, <laughs> I pat her on the back as they picked her up. I'm like, sorry, but you got to go back. We're, we're full. This shit can't be unfettered, bitch. Did you hear me? I said we're full. Um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I just like I just think our country is so fucking broken that it's insane to to think that like, yeah, let's open the borders up. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you're basically just saying, okay, well, let's just crash this motherfucker. Like, it, it's it's totally broken so i i don't i can't go that path anymore you know i i think like from my anarchist perspective yeah like if we didn't have a welfare state and we didn't have a war on drugs and we hadn't had a war on terrorism that created radicalism all across the globe with people that want to kill us if we didn't have all of this shit that has created this environment where people want to come across and either you know mooch off the system or they want to fuck you know like blow us up uh then i wouldn't be so concerned about open borders and if we didn't have inflation that we were exporting to the rest of the world so that you have tens of millions, if not hundreds of yeah. millions, if not billions of people that are, you know, scraping by and just trying to stay alive that are going to do anything they can in their power to get here. And it's like, well, you can't adjust. You can't adjust at that speed. You know, like you can you can adjust if you have, say, a couple 10,000 people per month that are coming across. Uh, but you can't if you have 100,000 plus like your shit your culture is going to change so rapidly you're going to have conflict it's just like it's too fast man and yeah not to so, mention a big a big thing in texas too i'm sure is like uh the drug war so you got a lot of the mexican mexican cartel coming over with fentanyl and, and all kinds yeah. of shit like this the libertarian answer is obviously like yo we're fighting a war on drugs it should be legalized but that that probably conflicts with a lot of 
like people's right wing sensibilities, which is something that I had to struggle with because I came from the left, then the right, and then libertarian. I had to struggle with that for a while, but like one of the big uh, tenets of libertarianism is a uh, human action. So people are going to do it anyway. Like they're going to do it whether it's illegal or not. Now, are and we going to, and they do. Like a motherfucker. I was just at Skankfest and they do drugs <laughs> like a motherfucker. But yeah, uh, I mean, you know, people are going to do it. It's just a waste of time, in my opinion, to, to arrest them over it or persecute people when there could be some kind of industry like regulating it. I actually yeah. at Skankfest right next to the merch table for a couple of days. They had a company that had a drug testing kit. So they were testing if people doing coke or whatever it is for fentanyl and shit like that. You know, I'm not, I don't want my kids to do this. I got a four-year-old too. I got a two-year-old. I don't want, I would never tell them to do this, but people do this shit, man. And yeah. if they're going to do it, I I'd, I prefer that they do it safely. And it probably saved some lives at that event. I would imagine. Hey, uh, Nobody Chico, died. What, yeah, where, where are you at on the, on the drug war? Man, <clears throat> I never really entertained the idea of um, like what is decriminalizing or legal, uh, legalizing. I never really thought that all the way through just because, um, like Lobster said, it just feels like it would lead to a lot more of the, um, you know, just moral decay. I don't want to sound like a Bible thumper, but like the cultural rot. Um, dude, because in this big blue city where I live, uh, Houston, we're the fourth largest. I mean, carjackings. I mean, just all kind of um, bad shit. And, and and like Jose said, you know, once you once you go out into the rural, you get away from a lot of those headaches. And and now, you know, I'm 43. I'm married. I'm a concerned citizen now. Now I'm a taxpayer. <laughs> you know, I, I got three daughters. So that's one of the things that I that I trip out on is just like the amount of just when you see when you see the pimp and the prostitute and and in the all the the druggies and the fentanyl. It, it just breaks your heart, man, because it's like, you know, people's lives are, are, you know, people, people, I guess they got that individual, you know, they're able to be, you know, do their own thing. And, and like you said, people do. Uh, it just breaks my heart to see like some of our cities really go to crap. And I, I don't know. Um, I, I got to I, I think that the uh, misunderstanding that happens oftentimes between people that are pro-legalization versus though those that are pro-drug war is is this belief that everyone who's pro-legalization is actually good good with the druggy culture you know like ron yeah. paul is a perfect example he popularized this he's like i've never done drugs in my life but i understand that it ultimately doesn't alleviate all of the cultural rot that you're lamenting right now and i, I think that's exactly right like i feel the same way i don't do drugs i mean i do vape but that's like it's nicotine it's not even weed yeah. um but uh, besides that, like I don't, I'm not, I'm not in that scene. And in fact, I hate, uh, you know, the homelessness crisis that we're dealing with. I, I hate the drug addiction crisis that we're dealing with. But all of that is happening under the war on drugs paradigm. Like it exists right now. So like, it's quite evident for anyone that's being, you know, rational on this topic that like it, we're failing. If the war on drugs is worth fighting, we're fucking losing it. So we got to try something else. And I think that it, especially if you're opposed to the the crime that comes from these illicit drug trades. You have to understand too that the people that then get put in prison on a felony, they come out, they can't get it, they can't get regular jobs, and then they end up, you know, going back into that that trade, or they sometimes they take it up a notch, sometimes they become, you know, hitmen because that that's what they really learned while they were in prison. Like shit gets really wild at, at even, that point. So 
even worse than that, like, so he said, like, uh, Chingo said, the cultural rot that comes from drug culture, right? And yeah, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot. There's certainly a lot of cultural rot, but how much cultural rot have we had with the war on drugs, where it's not just uh, someone going into jail and then they can't get a job after. They go to jail and they probably got kids. Now what happens to those kids? Now that whole generation is lost. Because in my opinion, you need like you need a father in the home or at least you need a father in those kids' life. I don't give a fuck what these people say nowadays. You need a mother, you need a father. There's a yin and yang to this thing. So you have a generation of lost people. And I mean, just look at the black community. It's that that's what's happening there. So when, when we're looking at like why it's so disheveled and what's going on is where's the father? You know, right. we got we got a mom there. And and again, some people, the, the the mainstream media want to push a single mothership, but it's just not working. So in my opinion, it's like what's causing more cultural decay and rot. And right now it looks like it looks like the latter, not not the drugs. Yeah. It's not locking up the fathers and throwing away the key. You know, it, yeah. I, I agree, man. I, I think that's, and it's not just the black community. I mean, there's white people and there's Hispanic people and yeah. no Asian people, obviously, because they don't do anything. But, um, <laughs> you know, everybody else is, is spending, you know, hard time behind bars for this shit. And and I think that really the, the problem is that we never actually address the, the root cause of these issues. And, you know, the inflationary environment, the debasing of the dollar, all of the shit that comes from the central banks, that's really the core here. Like it, it has made it so that it's it's more lucrative for businesses to offshore industry. So like now we don't have jobs for people that pay a living wage that they can actually like climb the economic ladder. You also have the inflationary pressures, which which puts housing out of reach. So then you have people that are like, well, if I ever want to get ahead, I'm going to have to fucking do I'm going to have to sell some drugs, man. Like if I'm a black dude from the hood and I didn't have a dad, like what other chance do I have? I'm going to try and rap. I'm going to try sports. That doesn't work out. OK, drugs. This is like. That's it. That's what I got. These are the options I was I was presented with. And I think that at the at, at its core, it's because our economic system is fucking screwed up because of central banking. So I don't know. I, I just hope that like this isn't such a complicated issue that we can't at some point get a populist movement where a huge enough percentage of the population goes like, yeah, we're going to really we're going to uproot this whole cancer. Yeah. Well, it's like that uh, fucking, I'm sure some of you guys, uh, especially maybe some listeners might be familiar, where they did those experiments on uh, uh, rats with drugs. And I, I forget, I think the first one, they like put them in a, uh, they put them with a bunch of drugs and they, they like the, the mice basically like by themselves or the rats, mice, whatever. And they essentially killed themselves with drugs. And then someone came around along later and like, well, yeah, you put them in an environment by themselves, a miserable environment, and they just did drugs to death, essentially. Now, if you put the, you take the, they, the person, someone redid these experiments and then they took the mice and put them in like nice environments, uh, you know, with other rats and mice, wherever the fuck to like chill with. And like they basically essentially, some of them would you use them occasionally, but a lot of them just didn't even really at all. Like they gave them little like a you know, water drippers, some that had drugs, some that don't. And, you know, they can figure out pretty quick which one's which. And, you know, they, they found the ones that had more enriched environments just tend to just not fuck with it at all. So I mean, well, like you put me, you put me yeah. in the cage with cocaine in the water and uh, and a bunch of little female mice. I'm fucking till I die, <laughs> brother. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting on that wheel and I'm running until my heart explodes. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I mean they still fuck with a little bit, you know what I mean? Like you know, cocaine cocaine's all right, all right for like you know once every like six months or every year. You know, don't make it a regular thing. You know, <laughs> it's a sorry, party we need, drug. We, we needed some levity. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, but yeah, yeah no. man, but that, that, that does speak to like what Clint was talking about, uh, the economy. I mean, uh, if, if we had a good economy, do you think we'd have only fans? 
you know, do you think your kids would be like showing their butthole for money? If we... no, man. <laughs> no. And, 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 and I bet you like percentage wise, there's a lot of fucking fatherless girls that are doing that shit too. I'd like, love I to see you. those numbers. Yeah. And yeah, it's the government that you. you look at like the eighties with the government, fl- uh, you know, flooding the fucking black community with like Coke and crack. And it's like, yeah, yo motherfuckers did. They're like operating on both sides of the equation. Like fucking like, Hey, we're going to fuck up your life. If you do this. Hey, here's a bunch of this thing. Well, they, they, <laughs> they created the problem and then they flipped, they turned around and they, they made three strike laws and fucking put people like, like they also up the, the criminality for crack charges as opposed to cocaine because there's more black people doing crack than there was white people doing cocaine it's like it's fucked it's so fucked and i can't believe that like the the black community in particular hasn't just come out like hard as fuck against the war on drugs like it's it's so weird to me and i and i understand it's because like they live in you know not all of them obviously but some of them live in the hood where there's crime and there's drug dealers and they're like fuck i want these people away from me but at the same time they have to realize like that that's that's how we got here anyway. So I don't know. It's very, it's tough. You got any thoughts, Shingo? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's very tricky. I would like to see this experiment play out. Like if there was a, a city um, or, or a state or something to where we can kind of like observe and kind of look at the variables and see what some of the results might be. Well, um, let, me, let me give you some some on that and here's the problem the only states that are willing to do that are democrat ran so like (laughs) like it's like fucking seattle right seattle i think decriminalized heroin but they already had you know a million fucking homeless people on the street that were addicted to heroin so you legalize that shit and now you just have like everyone that's homeless in california that's addicted to heroin is like i'm going to seattle so it just ends up being like you can't have tolerance of property rights violations as well as public property like you have to like it has to be fucking from the ground up and i i don't see any right-wing governor doing it because it's not appealing to their base so but the a good example of, of legalization that did work tremendously well was portugal portugal legalized all drugs and they went from the the highest overdose rate and the highest uh, drug addiction rate in europe to like close to the lowest and, and all they did was instead of putting people in prison for extended periods of time, they just would uh, mandate treatment if someone got to be, you know, in, in like homelessness condition. And I think I really think that's the only answer, man. I think you have to mandate treatment. You still can't let people just fucking sleep in the park and mainline shit in front of kids like that's that's also not an answer. Um, so it, it's not like the purely libertarian solution, but it, it's I think there's a, a hybrid to be found. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know how long you've been in the space, Chingo, but like they could be some very, uh, we call it LOL, Bertarian, like like we laugh at them, like their solutions. But we, you know, I'm I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to flirt with like some right wing shit, like or use using the government. Like people are anarchists, which means no government. We don't think the government should be involved. But you know what, man, we're in such dire straits. I'm like, I'll try anything. So if we're gonna use the government, maybe that's a good solution for now. We'll get there. Yeah. Even though my end goal, my end goal is anarchism. I, I'm I'm more in alignment with top on this shit. Like I, yeah. I don't think that you can just fucking end all of it overnight and expect shit not to just implode. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you. I like I know I get yelled at by people because like I don't want open borders and I don't want rampant homelessness. Uh, but that's like that's because of the statism that we exist in already. So we yeah. have to like we have to take some steps to to get away from that. All right, let's finish this out on some reparations talk. Recently, it kind of <laughs> came back up. 
in, uh, I mean, I, I will give the libertarian answer. I, I'm technically, in a certain sense, for reparations, but in another sense, not. Because, like, in a libertarian sense, technically, yes, if someone does wrong you, you do have a legal claim to be like, hey, you fucked me over, like, give me my money. And but the problem is with, with you know modern reparations, like yeah, like theoretically in our libertarian theory, I'm sure most of us agree here. At least Clint, I know Clint's read, read a lot of the, like the fucking Rothbard and shit that talks on this type of stuff. If you were able to somehow do all the legwork and you know figure out a claim that you know somehow you know three generations back, your great grandpa and you're the one who has the best claim to his property, uh, he got fucked over and his property got taken, you could make a legal claim to be able to reclaim your property. Now, that's different than what fucking people are talking about when it comes to reparations. When it comes to reparations, it's like, hey, uh, I don't know, black I'm, people. I'm African-American, so I get money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Much it's different like, fucking thing. It's like you, yeah. it's the, our solution is like, all right, on an individual basis, you can do the fucking legwork, get your property back, you know, get in contact with people. A lot Here's, different than just you're black, you get money. Like, let, me, let me say real quick. I'm totally fine with reparations as long as my great-great-grandfather, who was a slave owner, he... All of the slaves and their lineage, their progeny that are now NFL and NBA stars, I get a cut of that because it's their their <laughs> genetic code that was improved in the field, and and they owe me reparations. You're you reclaiming your property. <laughs> yeah, I'm reclaiming their skill set, which was learned under my great great grandfather's tutelage. So Just send them a signed jersey is all he's asking for, guys. That's it. <laughs> your great grandpa is the one responsible for the next muscle in the ankle or whatever the fuck. By the way, I'm a third generation German American. I didn't I didn't have, own any slaves at any point. I just probably killed Nazi or, or killed Jews. So you know. <laughs> uh, Chico, where are you at on the reparations? Uh, I thought you were going to say, where am I at on the road next? Addison Improv, November 4th. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? I saw a clip, a viral clip recently where Don Lemon, Don Lemon, he had a, I think, a British woman on. And this was right after the Queen died. And he was like, you know, many people are, are seeing all this money, you know, from the family and this and that. And what about all the colonialism and People were talking about reparations, and she was like, "Okay, yeah." She's like, "Let's start at the the beginning of the supply chain." She was like, "Let's check out the tribes and the countries that supply." <laughs> had. And and Don Lemon was not ready. <laughs> that was a great clip. Yeah, that was an awesome clip, and th that's usually the scope of um, of kind of where I think about it. Where I think I think she made some excellent points. And it, it does sound kind of like a virtuous thing to be like, hey, we all know slavery was an atrocity and it'd be great. We can undo all of that. But it just sounds like it would be a tricky, expensive, end up being unfair clusterfuck. Would yeah. be like people who had nothing to do with that shit are having to transfer wealth over to people who had nothing to do with that shit. Dude, I, you know what I would like? I was just thinking about this because I know Maj Ture is super, not super, but he's open to the idea of reparations more than I am. But I was just thinking about it. I'm like, if you're going to have culpability for wrongdoing, shouldn't it be with people that have suffered in the near past as opposed to fucking hundreds of years ago, right? So I was just thinking like, what about nonviolent drug offenders, not giving them necessarily reparations, but giving the children who didn't have uh, you know, their father in the home, give them like either... Uh, no interest rate uh, business loans or free college tuition or some shit like that. Like, I think that would be 
a more equitable way to do it but at the same time you're having the government run it so it's going to be a fucking disaster anyway so like even even if that makes some sort of like moral sense it's just totally impractical i don't know yeah, yeah. The, the, trying to do this in any sort of way is really, and i think a lot of people would be upset like kind of like what chingo was getting at if you actually really did if they did execute this in some sort of individual manner to make it the way that's supposed to be if it's fair like all right let's track your lineage let's see what kind of property you lost let's see what you're due etc etc i think a lot of people would be disappointed and be like oh shit for one like kind of what chingo was getting at like oh the source isn't quite what i think it is i'm making a claim to some fucking you know tribe in africa right now i don't think this is going to pay off like i think i did and then also on top of it, i think a lot of them are going to realize like oh shit my lineage isn't as uh quite where i what i thought it was because a lot of people just assume i'm black you know like oh therefore you know must be you know uh, i had family deal with jim crow so therefore we must have come from slaves it's like i, I don't think it's this clear conclusion like a lot of them think it is. don't be wrong i'm sure there's a lot of black people in america that come from slaves but i think a lot of them too once they start tracing their lineage you'd be like oh shit they came over here from france on their own fucking free will and like the mid 1900s <laughs> shit <laughs> like, uh you know, you know what i mean it's not gonna work out quite like you think it did and the idea now i have to blame myself for my failings this is <laughs> terrible they're gonna, get, they're gonna get elizabeth warren out here man yeah no good yeah it makes yeah, no I, fucking sense i mean i i just i don't think that i think that you can only deal with people who are culpable that are alive. Like I, I really do. I, I think anytime you start to get into people's lineage, it's just such collectivist nonsense to believe that because theoretically my great, great grandfather was a slaveholder that in some form or fashion, I am now culpable for that. And I should be robbed to, you know, compensate someone whose great, great grandfather was a slave. Like what the fuck are we even talking about? And, and you know, it's not going to go down like that. They're not even going to claw back from the people who are actually responsible. What they're going to do is print the fucking money and hand mm -hmm. it out to, select people that ultimately just benefits the Democrats voting base. That's really what it's going to be. So good luck. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be the biggest scam since the PPP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's be fraud. Well, Hey, uh, Chingo, I know you got to run, man. You, uh, you want to tell people where they can follow you? Yeah, where man. You must've read my body language. Cause I, I'm over here listening out for my, for my, <laughs> But yeah, hey, I learned a lot, man. Uh, this was a ton of fun. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And um, yeah, everybody listening, my website is chingobling.com. Always got stuff going on. I got like a coffee collab dropping next month. Uh, Congrats, we, man. Yeah, just, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I have a podcast called Red Pill Tamales. And, uh, but yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Just search Chingo Bling, and I should pop up. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, man. It's fun. Go ahead, Clint. Oh, no, I thank was going to say, yeah, I, I had never uh, talked to you before, so uh, I really enjoyed it, and thank you for coming on, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. We'll stay in touch, for sure. All right, appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, Clint, you want to drop your plugs and we'll get here? Uh, I mean, do you have anything else you want to cover? I, I'm not in a rush. I just knew Chingo had a, had a bounce. No, well, fuck, we can tell Reed to hop back in here. I don't know if there's anything y'all want to talk about. I, we covered everything I want to. Otherwise, we just do plugs get the fuck is, out of Is here. Reed in the lobby? Uh, no, not in the lobby, but he says he's ready to come in, so I can signal him too. If you got some shit you want to talk to Reed about, <laughs> but, I don't know. I, no, I don't. I don't carry the way, man. I'll, I'll go watch the playoffs if you. Would rather yeah, no, we can we can roll. We can get out of here. Uh, you want to drop plugs? We'll fucking scale. Uh, sure, I, I did uh, in Kanye's defense on Liberty Lockdown yesterday. Uh, go check that out. Uh, I just basically make the claim that free speech is under attack, even though. Oh, it's a private business. JB Morgan's the one that's actually unbanking him. It's like, oh, fucking stop with all this nonsense. This is 
this is a chilling effect that's happening on speech, but I, I go into depth on that. So people check that out. And then I also did uh, the war they wanted, which was the backdrop on the Ukraine-Russia conflict. If you don't understand it, for the love of God, fucking watch this one hour episode. I bring all these clips that will give you so much better understanding of how this shit played out. Um, and especially if you do understand it and you just want to give this like encapsulated version to your fucking lefty lunatic friends or even conservatives for that matter, just send them that episode. And I swear to God, they will come away going like, OK, this is way more complicated than I thought. And that's really all I wanted people to realize. Um, and then at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter. And uh, oh, I uh, I have. Oh God, I forget his name. I have it on the calendar. Anyways, I have. <laughs> no, no, Alex is still not booked yet. I'm sorry. Uh, but I do have jo Dr. Joseph Ladapo uh, next Thursday. He's the uh, Surgeon General of Florida. That'll be fascinating. He's been in the news a ton lately because he's coming out both against all the COVID hysteria, the lockdowns, as well as now the vaccine mandates that are being added to the school list. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. And uh, on Monday, I have the great Tom Woods at long last. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Finally. Finally. Yeah. yeah I, I suggested, Dave, uh, your episode on Ukraine. But uh, you could. Catch me at uh, toplops underscore dot com on Twitter, toplopsa.com, toplops everywhere else. Uh, Podcastmerch.com for, I mean, we got Legion of Skanks, part of the problem. You're welcome, shit. Yes, that's at toplops. So go check that stuff out. Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. And you guys know you're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on YouTube, all major all bug catchers, all these as well. I do have coming back on Tuesday, Richard Booth. Uh, he just was on a Scott Horton show. It was a good one. Uh, go check that out, you know, wet your whistle, and then you can come back and watch my series on it, you know, where you can get the deep dive. But uh, we're probably on Tuesday, I'm doing the live stream, which obviously, like, you know, with the whole patron thing, I'll take it down shortly after. But uh, point being is that's going to be on Tuesday. If you don't catch that, you have to wait later. But uh, that'll be, should be the final one in our series. Barring, I, I've said multiple times, like, if there's more stuff, because the thing with OKC, there's still oncoming stuff all the time. So, like, uh, you know, you got uh, Trinity's brother, who we're going to talk about this episode, who's, like, done a bunch of legal stuff and always has shit dropping. So, you know, uh, you know, barring that, this should be our last episode. But like I said, if new stuff comes out, we'll do uh, subsequent ones. Yo, when but, you're uh, done yeah. with that, I want you to do a fucking deep dive on January 6th. That'd be base. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm on a strike right now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just asked you to nuke your own channel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you bring me somebody forward, I will. It would be I mean, interesting. It would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm down Jason for Jason Rink. Get Jason yeah. a rink, man. I had Jason on. Uh, I actually, after I got a strike, though, I deleted the episode off YouTube. So it's only an Odyssey and, the, and all the audio podcatchers. Because I was like, yo, I'm going to strike. They're going to start digging through shit. I need to pull some of my... Because uh, we already did a whole episode on the election. Because uh, so. what, what bums me out, and this is the same thing I was lamenting last night, where there's like these tribal divides, so we don't ever get to the truth of anything anymore. Um, but on January 6th, like for instance, I, it's obvious that it wasn't all peaceful protesters. I mean, there was some yeah. people in there that were fucking pretty pretty gnarly dudes and but it's also not obvious that like oh this was some terrorist strike or some insurrection or anything like that so the truth is somewhere in between and i would love to know if there is any validity because after watching some of the january 6th hearings it's like i come away going like well this doesn't seem like there's anything here and if they do present anything that like lifts an eyebrow i'm like well this is probably bullshit so <laughs> i have no idea what the truth is and i would just love for someone to do a deep dive kind of how what i did in ukraine topic like i would love for someone to do that yeah. on january january 6th well so. the problem with january 6th is it's 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 kind of has a similar okc effect where there's so much like you know fuckery around it where it takes a while for like the real story to come out True. like yeah. so i mean i i could cover it i mean if i can find someone's really dug into it you know 
Uh, but so far as like a deep, deep dive, I think it'd actually be fucking hard at this point. There's still I so did, much of too, the yeah. information is like still moving stuff. Yeah, like, we, we don't uh, know who the FBI agents really were. I, I think Julie <laughs> Julie Kelly would probably be the best resource. I'm going to reach out to her and see if I can get her on. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see JC. Oh, tube's the wrong one. Uh, I unironically want to cover this. I'm not going to say anything more than that because uh, <laughs> not with Jones, but uh, that would definitely not be a YouTube thing because I definitely have some. <laughs> can you imagine? Why not? I mean, if you, if you asked Alex Jones to talk. He could, he could talk about it now. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I paid a billion for dollars for it. I fucking, I'm gonna say what I <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, I can do it, say whatever I want now. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be Jones, but I, I do. I would unironically be interested in having someone who's very knowledgeable in that because I'm not gonna say all my thoughts on the matter because I want to keep this up on YouTube. But there is a lot of fuckery there, and I think a lot of people immediately just like, especially people like fuck Jones. Uh, it's like, well. I mean, have you really dug into it? Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm not gonna say I don't. I'm not saying I agree with every claim uh, Jones has ever made, but there's more to it than people want to believe. <laughs> so, uh, right, do the deep dive, yeah. man. I'll watch yeah. it. I'm definitely yeah. not gonna be on those episodes, though. Yeah, it'll be an odyssey for sure. <laughs> I'll admire uh, from afar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be an odyssey and like audio exclusive. <laughs> so that will not be on YouTube. I have too much money again. to lose. Talk about that yeah. shit. Yeah, I don't have much money to lose, but I still don't want to lose it. So, uh, but I'll talk about it. I just won't put it on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I would love to, uh, unironically. But uh, yeah, uh, well, I guess uh, that's we're, we're at the end here. So, uh, you know, I, I did all my plugs. Oh, I'm on Instagram now. I don't know how to fucking use it for shit, but you know, if you want to follow me there, do that. Jose uh, on uh, Twitter at Senor Jose twenty twenty. And uh, yeah, with that, I guess we're. We're good. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Hugs oh, yeah. and kisses, fuck, bitches. Fuck Reed Coverdale. Fuck Reed Coverdale and his truck. Reed. His <laughs> trucker ahead, lifestyle. I don't know. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> <That> trucker <laughs> bitch. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you very much. Good night.